greatly enriching you. We believe you really invested your interest, your heart, your time in this year's speaking journey of revival, journey of spiritual recuperation and rejuvenation. Interest 
in what the wolves and children are like. Perus through the greatness of today. I get inspired at the same time. My heart grips with fear. I don't know about you. But the first thing he says in those days, the Lord said to Samuel, fill your home with fire and go. I will send you to Jesse, for I have provided for myself a king among his sons. Wow. Provided a king for myself among his sons. How will you feel that when God comes to your family and takes somebody? Jesse is a blessed man. Amen. Jesse is a blessed man. But at least in his children, God saw one that he can be. Do you know what it means? It's a great honor. It means Jesse did some extra work in the life of his children. The man was truthful in his service as the man of the house. If he has great robes, will God be interested in them? No. There was a deliberate attempt by Jesse to conscientiously raise his children to have, you know, to create their hearts space for God. Even though the first one, consult, God chose him still. At least the first, the father, the first one, God chose the first son. We'll see this time that there was something about family. Nothing happens for nothing. When you say, ah, it doesn't matter. When, when what God wants to do, he will do. It's not true. And the language of a lazy person. How do you raise your children? Christians, how do you raise your children? What impact are you making in their lives? Is going to feed them and pay school fees, buy their clothes? What else are you doing? Can you pick your chest and say, I know what I've raised, this is my son, this is my daughter? From the cradle, this child was with you. You have capacity to influence that child to become anything in life. One man said, give it to children. I will make one a devil, I will make one an angel. What have you raised? God bless me, children. Remember when paying for children were your highest prayer intention. Are we here? We pray, oh God, oh God. Maybe you have six months about marriage, nothing. One day, nothing. Two years, three years, four years. You started booking masks from all angles. Some visited all kinds of prayer houses. 
to a point they will tell you God is anywhere. Some doctors, some win, because every time they come again, they say, Doctor, nothing is happening. Is there no drug? Is there no drug? Is there no drug? Now God has given you those children. Is it just to prove to people that you can have children? I have two kids, I have three kids, I have ten kids. Just to tell people that you're not barren. Just to tell people, yes, I was able to also have uh, children. Is that the reason why you did all this? Why would you be hoping that your children will be the best when you did not do any deliberate investment in their value that comes to your hands? Even your conscience will tell you he didn't do enough. Are you aware that you need to go and not ask God for forgiveness for that kind of reason? When they came, the first reading, says, when they came, they looked on Eliab and thought, surely the Lord anointed his body. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. Ah. What will make God do the test of Jesse. 
are all your sons here? And he said, There remain yet the youngest, for behold, is diminished. And somebody said, Send and fetch him. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy and had beautiful eyes and was handsome. And the Lord said, Arise and anoint him, for this is he. What made God to get to one? What made God to accept one? God does not judge their appearance, He judges their heart. In other words, what made God to choose one and get one is the business of what? Their heart. Then Samuel took a horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came mighty upon David from that day forth. Amen. Amen. I don't know which, which of the two class you don't like to belong to. Among those who are rejected, or among those the Lord has accepted. I'm sure the other servants were forced themselves, you know? Said, ah, Samuel, I'm the one, anoint me, anoint me, anoint me. You know? I'm sure when they were anointing baby, the rest were saying, oh, look at him, he's a young boy, look at him. What does he have to show? The man who calls David, the man after the heart of God. Let's identify few things that make David outstanding the eyes of God. So we can learn. In the business of the heart, if God does not conquer your heart, forget about it. I've discovered in the journey of, of my faith is that I like to tell myself the bitter truth if you like. But after some years, I say it's not a bitter truth, it's a sweet truth. David was a man who was after the heart of God. No one cared what to say about him. That he gave understand of God. You know, they always ask you, where is your heart? Some ladies have come to me for counseling and they will say, Father, I have three men in my life. They are coming for a hand in marriage, but I'm confused. They are all good as if they lie. All of them cannot have the same quality. 
Oh, Father, this one is so handsome, it's so caring for this struggling to this life. This one, this one, Father, is so present with my friends, but he's rich. This one really has everything, but he has anger issues. He beats me black and blue. <laughs> <laughs> And I will say, why do you see life that one that you see come out? You see, my life has everything. Handsome, has money, he cares. You see, my heart is for the one that actually, you know, is handsome, but he has no much yet. He's struggling, but I'm afraid of the future. And I will tell them, don't allow your brain to choose your husband. Allow your heart to choose your husband. Go for the one of your heart. Their heart sees far from their eyes. But it's always difficult. Because the guy has money and everything, say, ah, let me go with the one I'm seeing now. But tomorrow is not the day. David was a man after the heart of God. What is your passion for God like? I don't want us to mix two things here. There's no between having passion for God and being religious. Religiosity is not passion for God. Because the Pharisees and the Sadducees that were in the gospel of today, who were questioning this man, born blind, they sleep and eat and do everything in the snuggle. They know them to be religious men. But they have no passion for God. David was bent on pleasing God whatever it will cost him. Amen. As long as to please God, he will take any rubbish. He doesn't care the shame of God. He doesn't care what you do to him. The important is, is God only in his circumstance. It wasn't all about him, it was all about God. Mark it. Issues God verses to know is it because of him or because of own personal advertisement or credits? David, go to the farm and feed a, 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 a sheep, yes, sir. Not because it was pleasurable, there were others who were more mature than himself. His life was at risk, but because he only pleased God. He came back. Oh, take food to your brother's so and walk from. I'm sure if it was today, they would show him and say, Mommy, am I the new one? You sent me to the ship, to get to the ship. Many times I was my dad was exposed. Now again, I sent to walk from you. Do you want to kill me? Passion 
passion for God in his heart. They are passion for other things, but a passion for God of the highest. Anything that demands his passion to the point that his passion for God will go, David will change that thing out of his life and follow the Lord. Let my right hand wither if I forget you, Jerusalem. Anybody do that? He was going to be, to allow people to deceive God. If ever they will forget Jerusalem, the Holy City. He said, Let my words strong cling to my mouth. Anybody do that? That will tell you the level of his passion. What is your passion for God like? What can you do for God? Can you go outside the normal things to prove God that yes, this is what I have belonged? There are things you do because God's passion is so much in your heart. Others may have it. No man will keep pushing to marry a woman who has no passion for him, who disrespects him. Position of attention, and is he insists how to marry that woman. That man is either is under some demonic influence or he has lost his mind. God Himself will not invest in you. God will not even look at you when He sees that in the depth of your heart you have no passion for Him. Number two, David has respect. For the Holy Spirit. He has deep respect for the things that are holy. In 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 20, the Bible says that when they were bringing the ark of God back home, David rejoiced. He danced before the ark of God. He was excited about the covenant act of God. To the point that even the God as the king was falling off, he didn't care. On another occasion, when he had an opportunity to kill Saul, when Saul was after his own life, Saul had attempted to kill himself rightly, he miraculously escaped. On this day, he went to one cave with his men, he has trained to run hide from Saul. And from nowhere, Saul came to that same arena, thinking he was safe. Later, and slept. And his men woke David and said, Look at Saul here. God has put him in your hands. Rise and slaughter him. And David said, No. I will never lay my hands on the one God has. Rather to prove, prove to Saul that he, he never intended to kill him. Why is he after his life? He went and caught the looping of his clothing. And even as he did that, he regretted for even touching his clothing. Respect for the way What do you have respect for in your life? What do you respect in your faith? What is 
that thing that can control you when it comes to the things of God. So many Christians have become so wild, so unruly. Nothing controls them. They have become wild beasts in different areas of their life. Respect for the things of the spirit was not David who said, I was happy when I heard them say, There was good in this house. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. That is David. This is the thing that. God first may happen to the man or a woman before he can, he can release his interest upon your life. You are literally blessed when God is interested in you. I'll tell you, it is a situation of pity if God is not interested in you. Don't ever put yourself in that kind of situation. Where God doesn't talk about you, God is not interested in you, God is not going to invest in you, that's a very critical situation. And many Christians have put themselves in that dimension. Number three. David was a man who was broken. Who with the word broken will be a man who has been conquered by God. God's spirit has conquered him. He has allowed himself to be subdued by the spirit. No one I look when he sings, look at the way he responded. Have mercy on me, O oh Lord, have mercy on me. He knew his sins, and immediately he acknowledged his sins and repented. And pleaded with the Lord and said, Oh Lord, please don't want to take away your spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of my salvation. That's the language of a man who has been conquered. And let me tell you, God, if God does not conquer you, you can never conquer anyone. You know what it has to Back to your life, and comes to this you because they are still very rigid. They are not conquer yet. Check the battles your life. They are inviting God to prayer. Oh God, come and find a battle for you. But He's asking you not conquer you. Or if He conquers you, He can't step into your battle. He's a secret of the Spirit. Challenges will keep hitting at the door of your life. If you want to come mighty and help you subdue and walk in victory, yourself must be the first that you must subdue. David Jeremiah said, Oh Lord, you have seduced me and have allowed myself to be seduced. You have prevailed over me. Check all of them whom God has used mightily. 
to do mighty exploits, there were men and women who were subdued by God. Who were broken. Who never resisted the values of God. They became a mere in the hand of God. These are real Christian virtues that we must invest in. Everything is all prayer, 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 prayer. You know all this now, you can see that we already mentioned prayer. These are hidden ingredients that builds you up spiritually, that gives you audacity and helps you to walk in the dimension God has made for you. If God does not subdue you, that sickness in you will lift you up. If God does not subdue you, force of evil will mess you up in time. Because they see in you, I'm not thinking of rebellion, so you have the same energy with them. For with a man who has been subdued by God, everything that is in him, that is after him, will be subdued by God's body. When God subdues you, anything that is at work in you, that is not of God, will be subdued and equal. That's the secret. A subdued man is a man who is contrite of heart. Who is contrite in heart, who is humble, who trembles at the word of God. This is how we win in the spirit. Any of you have this. He was pompous. Many times he would do things on his own. Who may preference to God? He preferred what people were saying about him than what God was saying about him. He was full of himself. He had no sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. He didn't respect this of God. Even though God anointed him and was the first person to be given the kingdom of Israel in perpetuity, he lost it because of what the heart of his heart. The angel of God invests to have the right heart of heart to journey with God. And that's why this time we are now is a time for us to truly not just tear our glories and all that, but what to tear our hearts and then bring it under God's government. There's too much rascality. And it's 80 of a lot of Christians. Because David of Kuno had this qualification, God was with him. He made mistakes, even worse mistakes than Saul. You know what he did? He committed adultery, killed a man, took his wife. But God was so merciful with him. But Saul never committed such things. But God was so merciful with him. God rejected him. Because his sin was one of the sin of the spirit and the sin of the physical. As Tony shared with you several years, that the sin of the spirit is more deadly than the sins you commit physically. And the sins of the spirit are the one who condition your heart. That's why we must renew ourselves. You must go and step up the passion of God your heart again to the word of God. It's called piety, fervency in the spirit. 
when Jesus said, I put the fire on earth and I wish to reborn him, it was put on the fire of clemency. Without our bones, he brings to where he to bring on the spirit of night. Where nothing can deter you, where nothing can discourage you, but every time on fire we come, the things of God is what moves you. You are passionate for righteousness. You are passionate to advance the kingdom of God in the hearts of men. You are passionate for forgive extravagantly. You are passionate to let go. You are passionate to be a fool provided God's name is honored. That will make the difference. The man who is this level, you can beat him up, but when God fights for him, you are in trouble. Amen. Amen. When they had to work strong in the Ministry of Deliverance and healing uh, many, some years ago, the Lord brought me to this dimension and he told me, You cannot confront the dark powers if you don't develop these skills in your spirit. It takes deliberate action and diligence to work on this, that will work on yourself. I should have to share that with some people here. I'm someone who is highly female. In those days, if you mess me up, eh? if you mess me up and allow you to talk, and after I finish talking, and I'm talking and interject, and I try to talk and you continue, the next thing I use my hand and complete the rest. So I can get the message all at once. <laughs> I will give it to you, black and blue. And I say, let the worst happen. And it was terrible. You could see it in my eyes. But Lord said, my son, if you're all broken, I can't use you. You are a beast. I don't use beast. I will pray against him because the peace of God. Of his subdued. He broke me. It wasn't easy. You can't deal with demons, you're not broken. You cannot resist death and darkness if you're not broken, if you're not contract. Your prayers cannot pierce the skies if you're not broken. You want to pray the battle? Then you have to learn to be broken. You want to have what they call the saving faith, the energetic faith that makes man to move. You have to be broken. Filled with doubt and unbelief and confusion. Every time today you are up, you are down in your Christian life. More you are up, you are down in your Christian life. You've got to be broken. Brokenness is the answer. So say, learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart. Himself was broken. That's why I said, when they, when, when, when they slapped me, I did not resist. We said the prayer of the Moses, the Sura Cross. With spirituals, they insulted him and spiritual him, he did not react. That's a broken man. On the cross, they were telling him so much. Instead of him to say, you will all die. He said, Father, forgive them. That's a broken man speaking. And even excuse their fault. That's how we win in the spirit. If you're not broken, the devil contest your blessing. Let's not blessing given to you like so. God gave him the truth. 
But because he grew and became arrogant, the throne was snatched from him. Why many blessings will not rest upon your life? It's because you're not broken. You will see it in your dream. You will feel the energy. I said, God has blessed me. But it will be taken away from you because something has entered you and disfigured the image of God in your heart. The first thing this of that fears when it enters a man's life is when a man is broken, death has overwhelmed. Amen. Amen. But when death comes and see a man broken, this When Paul was saying, Death, where is your power? Death, where is your stint? Paul was speaking from this dimension. Because he was broken. Finally, when a broken man now faces the time of transition, doesn't fear. He will have the information about his death. Brokenness is the answer. And so they left from me. Our Christian journey is not ending in prayer and asking God for a school lesson. We must pass through this transformation of brokenness. And that can only happen if we yield ourselves to the Spirit of God. And for the Spirit of God enters your life, we need to feed you with the illumination that keeps sucking your life and making you near the hand of God. So divine illumination is the source of the grace that brings brokenness. That's why the second reading, you can see what Paul said there. He made a statement that was quite, you know, touching. He said, brethren, you were, you are, you, once you were darkness. He didn't say you were in darkness. He said, once you were darkness. Can you imagine? But now you are light. A broken man lives in light. If you're not broken, you are in darkness. Rebellion is easy. Arrogance is easy. Vexation is easy. Bitterness is easy. And he now says, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. So we must understand this, you see. It's very clear. I want God to be interested in me all the time. And I don't achieve that by praying to him all the time. I want God to be interested in me. No. What I do, I try to put up these virtues. I must spell off my passion towards God. I must respect the Holy Lord. I must respect the Holy Spirit. I must have respect for the covenant. I must remain broken all the time. I must see myself in this all the time. It's a consistent, diligent Christian life. And that's what the Lord is calling us to do. Each day that comes and that's God is interested in investing in you. Every day he comes to your life, he is checking that this person may be so available for the investment you want to make. How much?
how can God use you? How can God invest in you? How are you useful in His hand? Are you comfortable just being like that and God is not using you for anything? Are you just comfortable living your life like that without any connection and having relevance to the kingdom? That would be disaster. Precious Holy Spirit, thank you for this creation. Thank you for your word that has come to us today. We come with a spirit of heart. On this particular Sunday, our hearts are open. Break us. Break us. Come again with your fresh fire. Whatever it will cost you to break us, go ahead, Holy Spirit. Whatever it will cost you to do it in our hearts, in our lives. Anything in us that stands as an instrument of darkness to resist us from being broken, take it away. No matter how much we cherish it, no matter how much we cherish it, take it away and make it us go broken. Thank you, precious child. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.